Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new week of baseball and a new Kurt Schilling baseball show. I'm Kurt Schilling. He's Bill Graff. Hello, Bill. Hey, Kurt. How we doing? With Cal and John in the on the bench to uh, provide all of the power for the show. Actually, love um, the love the players are starting to get fired up. Yes, yes. We're gonna get right into that. So uh, <laughs> a couple years back, I'll never forget this. I was watching. Uh, this was very early on in Anthony Rizzo's career in Chicago with the Cubs. And uh, I remember the highlight was the uh, Cincinnati Reds bench was chirping the Cubs uh, on the field. And Anthony Rizzo walked from first base to the Reds dugout in Wrigley Field and challenged the whole team to a fight. And I thought it was the most awesome thing I'd ever seen. And it also told you a lot about who Anthony Rizzo was. Uh, Well, we had another one, uh, Bryce Harper. So Jake Bird is a reliever for one of the worst teams in baseball, the Colorado Rockies, who are just horrible. Um, and apparently this middle reliever who was called up for the major call up to the big leagues for the first time this year. So he's, he's toiled and worked his butt off, uh, decided he was going to pull a little old school, going to date myself, Al Hraboski and challenge and act like an idiot on the mound. Cause he got an out. Um, he did that against the Phillies and in doing so Bryce Harper took exception and went basically to the Rockies bench and said, let's fight. Uh, and I love it. I think it's awesome. I, I, I love, <clears throat> I, I don't know. I just love stuff because in baseball, there's a lot of fake tough guys. There's a lot of fake tough guys, guys that talk the game, uh, you know, uh, and then there's other, the guys, the tough guys are actually the guys that don't talk tough for the most part, like Pedro Martinez or Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan never said anything. He just threw 107 and put it in your rib cage. If he didn't like you, uh, Pedro would knock you on your ass at the drop of a dime. Um, but I love that. I love guys like that. I love guys that are real uh, and authentic. And Bryce is clearly uh, a leader. And I, 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 since the day I met him, when he, I think I met him when he was like 12, it seems like his first year in the big leagues. Um, he's always been a guy who's been vocal, but he, he, he plays the game and he's, he's good. Um, and the other stuff is, is the, the, the chromey stuff can be, that's the modern day game and what they love and all the things that go with that. But the guy plays, plays hurt plays as hard as he can. And uh, I think he gives it everything. And I loved it. I thought it was a great thing. I thought it was a good thing for the Phillies who need a little kick in the ass. Um, and then there was Ben, he got ejected. Um, Bird got ejected. Rockies won the game for nothing to avoid a sweep, but none of that stuff matters. That's, that's kind of the thing that you, uh, I don't know about rally around, but it just cements the guy's position in the clubhouse. And, and it's uh, got to mean that Harper's feeling pretty good and the Tommy John repaired elbow wasn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's in his head. Right. Unlike some other guys in the game, I don't think Bryce Harper goes out every time thinking about whether he's going to be on the IL or not. Um, I think he goes out and plays baseball and uh, he was offended. And I, I like it. I mean, the, the, here's the thing that the great thing about baseball in many ways, and I think it's probably the same in other sports is that you can always fix your differences on the field. If I'm a pitcher on the Rockies and I think Bryce Harper's an, a dick, then I'll address that uh, with a pitch at some point. Um, if I'm a hitter and I think a pitcher is an idiot, then I have a chance to address it when I face him. Uh, and same thing with hockey, which you see very uh, a lot. Although you do see when they're mic'd up that they they get after each other on the ice. But football, probably the same way, uh, you know, Um but that's one of the beauties of, of pro sports is is you really can't trash talk unless you're good because you're going to get called out. 
And, and a lot of players, I know I was a guy who I said things that people thought, you know, why would you say that? That puts more pressure. I never looked at it like putting pressure on myself. I just wanted the, the, uh, the overloaded expectations uh, and to meet them because when you, you know, I, I can remember that I had a, an incident in, in the early nineties when Jim Fergus was my manager and I was young, I was pitching as the Cardinals and I gave up uh, four runs in the first and I came off the mound and I, I got to the bench and I said, you guys score five, we'll win. They will not score another run. And back then it was kind of unheard of this do stuff. Like, well, I stayed in the game for uh, the rest of the, for five or six or seven innings, didn't give up another run. Uh, and I remember the impact that it had some guys on the team commented to the media that, that what I had said and that like they respected me for it. And I was thinking to myself, okay, all right. That, you know, if you're going to talk trash, you got to back it up. And sports is the ultimate. Uh, it's the all, there's always a winner every night and there's always a loser. And then sometimes they're not who you think they are. Um, but you can find wins and losses. And by that, I mean, an event like they lost the game for nothing, but this probably served notice uh, in that clubhouse. Who's running the show. Number one, if it wasn't uh, defined before that, but more importantly to me, the league, uh, you do things early in the year or to, to set a tone and this sets a tone. You can, you can beat us. That's fine. You show us up and that's a problem. And I love that. I love that stuff because I, I like being able to take care of it without having to use the umpires or the rules uh, to do that. Um, so anyway, uh, on to uh, the couple couple good things. We're going to talk at the end of the show today. We're going to talk a lot about uh, travel baseball, um, high school, college, uh, and the scam that has that is travel baseball. Um, because there was a, a lengthy conversation on Twitter between uh, some of my followers and I about it and you're going to find some diverging opinions uh and you know my my comment and, and i know this kind of sounds this might sound worse than it, i mean it to sound but for the most part when people that haven't played the game above you know little league argue with me i i try to explain them the point that i've forgotten more about the game than most of them know i lived the game since i mean as a as a life from for 30 some years um, and consumed and possessed by it. And just because you play in the big leagues, it, it's not about just being physically gifted. It's about being consumed emotionally and physically from the game and everything that goes with it. And I was, so uh, we're going to talk a lot about that at the end. Anyway, let's go around, around the league. Um, Bryce Miller, uh, Seattle, who uh, you got to feel good if you're a C uh, uh, Mariners fan. Uh, I, by the way, I I've always enjoyed play i always enjoyed playing in seattle they had a great fan base very east coast smart um called up on the second of this month went two and oh in his first three 19 innings pitched an earned run 18 punch outs a walk a 0.47 era but more importantly a 0.42 whip um and and i like this there's a stat here bill that i thought you pointed out was really good in his first two starts he was 70 to 75 percent fastballs um and then uh, in his third start against the Tigers, he went in through 23% uh, sliders, 18% curveballs. So so 60% fastballs, 40% uh, breaking balls. Only punched out three, but he retired 16th straight. Uh, that's a kid who's who's got pitchability. And pitchability is a term you'll hear people talk about. When What that, that means is a guy has pitchability means he understands his stuff and how it relates to getting hitters out and how it relates to attacking hitters. And sometimes that takes a lot of time to figure out. Obviously, you don't want to get too excited, but those are good numbers. That a kid that comes up and does like does that for a couple starts and then regresses generally tells you his stuff is plus plus. 
Um, and then he just has to figure out how all the other stuff works with it. So you, what, you, what you're going to want to watch, obviously, is second, third time around the league, how they adjust. Um, Bill, we talked about this at the beginning of the season, too, the, the, the different schedule. Right. The fact that it is not division heavy anymore. Um, you're not playing everybody 19 times. Uh, and I think you're going to see a rise in the haves and have nots uh, for certain divisions. One of those being the AL East um, with everybody in the East uh, being good. Uh, the East out of division, the AL East is 93 and 46, 669 winning percentage in out of division games. Uh, that's not a small number. And if you look at the standings, it'll show you. And I think across the game, you're going to see that. I think you'll see it with the NL West as well. Uh, possibly with the uh, NL East as well, that you're going to see, I think both central divisions are going to suffer uh, because I think that they're, the, a, a large contingent of the mediocre clubs in baseball are stuck in the centrals. Um, and then you have the have-nots like the A's uh, in the West, the Rockies in the West and the NL. Um, you know, uh, it's what's going to make the, the, I think the, I think it's what's going to allow teams like the pirates to probably hang on a little bit longer. I think they're still a ways away. I like what they're doing. I like their young talent. Um, well, they, I mean, even this weekend, Kurt, the, the blue Jays sweep, um, uh, the Braves, there's two best, two of the best teams. Well, the Braves, the Braves the came in on fire. They were hot they were. in that series. They were. And, and then you had... Uh, the Red Sox let everybody down, getting swept by the Cardinals, who oh, showed up the for the Sox first time. Be, the Red Sox kind of were who we thought they were. I mean, yeah. was that not the Red Sox-Cardinals we expected at the beginning of the year? Probably, yes. Right. I, I, and I don't know that either one is is a, a is a sweep or being swept good or bad, but I think it was, uh, you know, the tough one was the first. The t- first one was, I think they, Red Sox were up 3-1 going in the ninth. Yeah. Uh, lost the game 4-3. Tough, tough loss, but... I think you also see things. Uh, Rafael Devers, uh, who offensively, you know, is off the charts. I think you saw a couple things this weekend uh, that goes back to that minor league numbers thing. I, I think you saw some things defensively with from him that were like, "What are you doing?" Right. Uh, whereas at the plate, I don't think he's ever looked confused. Um, and then well, and the N- Nolan Orenado finally looks like the Nolan Orenado that right. we're expecting. And, and, and I, I said it early in the year, for the most part, guys with track records will be where they're supposed to be at the end of the year. Uh, you know, everybody gets over, over, uh, over cautious, over anxious, uh, over scared of an April. Um, and unless you're a team that buries yourself and is 15 games out or a hitter who's hitting 080 at the end of April after, you know, a hundred summit bats, they'll find their way back. They'll find their way back. And, and, and for fantasy baseball players, that's the, the, to me, the most obvious buy low, sell high uh, things you can do in the end of April. To, you know, just like big league coaches, you got, you know, you look at Walker in, in, in St. Louis, he started out, couldn't get him out. Now he's back in AAA. Right. Um, he's not that great. And he's not that bad. There's somewhere in the middle, he'll find it and he'll be back. But uh, the, the big one for me, what you have to avoid with this new schedule is sweeps. And by that, I mean the Dodgers, well, by that, I mean the obvious, but also Dodgers Padres came in this weekend. And I said it, if you sweep a series in a 13 game schedule for a season, it's a lot bigger deal than it is for a 19 game series schedule over a season. Dodgers swept the Padres. 
Um, and in doing so, uh, you change the face of the division. Um, you know, you pick up three, two out of three is never, you know, decisive unless it's the end of the year, because it's always, it's a game swing for the most part. You take three, that's a three game swing. And that, uh, the Dodgers sweep I thought was, was, uh, impressive. And Clayton Kershaw looks good. Yeah. He really not the 96 Clayton Kershaw, but he looks every bit as good as he's ever been. Um, very cool note too, by the way. Uh, and I would not have known this if you hadn't mentioned it, but I think it's pretty cool. Zach Granke, uh, became just the fifth player in major league history. And, and please understand the significance of that. There have been what a hundred and probably 40 years of organized professional baseball. When somebody does something that only four players have ever done. Unique is not really the right word. Um, I don't even know what it is. It's excruciatingly rare. But Granky struck out his 1,000th different career player. So he struck out. Only five guys have done this. And the list pretty much makes you understand. Randy Johnson, Roger Clemens, Greg Maddox, and Nolan Ryan are the only other players ever to strike out 1,000 different hitters. Not 1,000 hitters. 1,000 different hitters. Uh and the only guy on that list that he's similar to is Maddox. Right. Well, and, and if you know anything about Zach, he's been Maddox-like since he got to the big leagues. Right. His, his, and he talked about, I think, his approach. Um, fascinating story, too, by the way. Um, uh, and, and, and as a father of someone who raised a, a, a kid with Asperger's, meeting a professional athlete with Asperger's is it's it's exactly what you expect the guy is laser focused beyond belief uh and uh as a parent of an Aspie it's it's it was I met him well I don't know if met him is the right word but I ran into him at uh at an event in Arizona and uh he was exactly what you'd expect uh but a phenomenal career I think a, probably a hall of fame career too Oh, I think questions. absolutely. Yeah, I think there was a, there were some questions around it, but I, I absolutely believe he is uh, a potential Hall of Famer. Um, and then a last note, which again, I find to be uh, pretty unbelievable. And then we're going to talk about some player since the expansion era, which is 1961, so 62 years. This player, Josh Naylor of the Guardians, became the first player since 19, the expansion era. And I don't know how many years before that because it doesn't go back i don't think yeah the records uh, don't go back right he hit a go-ahead home run in the eighth inning or later three consecutive games like one is cool two is wow back-to-back -back is pretty amazing three yeah that's that's an unheard of obviously never hasn't been not been done uh they lost the game friday but the but the the Indians won um, Saturday, Saturday and Sunday. Sunday. Yep. Uh, that, yeah, Josh. Uh, wow, tip of the cap because that's pretty freaking impressive. That's that's pretty impressive. Um, we're going to talk about uh, um, some other things, but before that, let me tease Friday. Starting on Friday, I think one of the things I want to do on the show is uh, the the feedback that that I've gotten, um, and I think the other guys have gotten is that people like uh, the personal stuff the stories and and things like that and, and uh, a peek inside the life. And so what I'm going to do on Friday uh, starting on Friday is I'm going to provide a top five list and it's going to be everything from Friday is going to be the five funniest teammates I ever had. 
Uh, we'll do best base runners I ever played with, best defensive at every position I ever played with or played against, best hitters I ever faced, best hitters I ever played with, um, best umpires, worst umpires, uh, best coaches, best managers, worst coaches. Well, not worst. We won't do a lot of worst because there's no point. Um, but uh, and then you know, bet, I won't do worst teammates. I really only had one bad teammate in twenty some years. Um, but like. <clears throat> We'll do those things just to give you guys and, – and obviously some names will come out of those lists that, that haven't been heard before. You may never have heard of, uh, but there'll be some some uh, some throwbacks. Um, okay, so I said at the top of the show, I got into a, a Twitter discussion with a lot of people over the week, over this past week. And the discussion centered around uh, travel ball, quote-unquote. And for those that don't know what travel ball is, there's this industry that's cropped up in the last, I don't know, 20-some years. Uh, of teams that charge a fee uh, for your kid to play on them uh, and get exposure. Uh, and I use air quotes very, very comfortably right there because a lot of it is bullshit. Um, let me throw you some numbers real quick. Um, there are, and, and this is a quick Google number hit, uh, at any one time, 455,000 high school baseball players in the United States. 455,000, right? Uh, which means there are, uh, well, and the numbers break down like this, about 10.5% of those kids go on to play at a legitimate D1 slash D2 college baseball program. 10.5, so what, 45,500 of those kids? A little over that? Um, of all of those 455,000 kids, 0.5% of those high school kids get drafted. 277 of those 455,000 kids get drafted. And, and to, to further throw some, some uh, water on the fire or, or to set fire to the, to the belief, uh, kids that are drafted in the first round of the major league draft, that's just 30 some kids a year out of those 455,000 high school baseball players and college players. Of the kids that get drafted in the first round, 66% of them will get a shot at the big leagues which means one in every three of the kids drafted in the first round of the major league draft will never see the big leagues. So 20 of those kids. So 20 of the 455,000 plus high school baseball players will be drafted in the first round and get a shot at the big leagues. 10 of those kids of the 455,000 will get drafted in the first round and never sniff the big leagues. Um, now there, to me, there's some obvious stuff, right? Uh, guys that you saw for me, it was like a Chipper Jones or uh, an A Rod. Um, guys who you saw, uh, rarely did you see it in high school, but when you did, you you know Ken Griffey Jr. was another one. Joe Maurer, I remember very vividly. Um, Straw Daryl Strawberry was another one. You saw them as a high school athlete, and you were like, okay, um, holy cow, like. Wow, that's a big league swing. Manny Ramirez was a guy as well. Um, but for all of those, there are your Mark Appels, your Brady Akins. Mark Appel was drafted number one. Brady Aiken was drafted number one. Um, Brian Taylor uh, was drafted number two by the Yankees um, and never got past double A after he got hurt. Um, in a bar never, fight. Yeah, he got hurt in a bar fight. Um, and then you're seeing some guys now, Spencer Torkelson, Rushman, uh, Casey Mize Tom, had Tommy John in 2022. Royce Lewis had ACL surgery last June. Uh, Mickey Moniak, part of five seasons. Dar Dansby Swanson, who was a first-round pick 
by Arizona uh, and was actually traded. Um, yeah, he was a, he was with the Braves for a couple years and had yeah. a couple good years, and now is with the Cubs. That was a weird one, getting traded so fast. Anyway, uh, those are those and those are the unicorns, right? Those are the first round picks. And I'm I, let me just I'm just gonna put it right out front to to all of you parents of athletes that are young. Um, first of all, probably most importantly, get the hell out of the way. Um, the kids need to find their way. And, and you're, uh, if you're pushing your kid to be something that they don't want to be, the only thing you're doing is guaranteeing that they won't be what you want them to be the second you stop controlling them. If you're pushing your kid to go do X, Y, and Z, and, and they're, and I'm not talking about, Hey, you know what? You should actually go do a workout. And the kid's like, oh, I don't feel like it. I'm talking about, you're going to play on this team. Uh, cause it's going to help you. And the kid's like, I don't want to play on this team. And you make them play anyway. Um, that's a, that's a, that's a former athlete just waiting to happen. Um, but travel ball. And I learned this as a hockey parent. I can remember it very vividly. I was, uh, I think in, in many ways overestimating that my son's talent as a hockey goalie. Uh, and I, and I, in Arizona, I lived, uh, I was friends with and neighbors with Claude Lemieux, uh, who played a long time in the NHL, won a, uh, uh, won a con Smythe, um, and his son, Brendan, who's in the NHL now, left home at 12 to be uh, a player. Uh, didn't get, didn't pay to play in a travel team. He got picked to go on a team that traveled around the country and around the world to play hockey. Um, and I remember calling uh, Claude and thinking, hey, you know, um, should I take my kid to a private school? Uh, it was the, it was, I was the parent that I, <clears throat> I, I was trying not to be, and I didn't think I was. But in the end, I looked back and realized that I was. I was like, you know, should I take my kid to a private school? And like, and his response to me was, hey, listen, if the high school coach doesn't think he's good enough, what makes you think somebody else is going to think that? And it was the time from that point on, I got out of the way. And my son went and played uh, a, a low level juniors program for a year or so before he decided it was, wasn't what he wanted. Uh, and he moved on. And I'm proud to say now he's a United States Marine. However, the point is this. If you have to pay for your child to play, they're not good enough to be a major league baseball player because the game will find them. And by that, I mean this, if you're one of the, what is, what is it? 0.5%. If you're one of the ki parents of the 277 kids that are major league capable uh, or potentially talented, they're not a hidden gem. They're not, uh, they're not, you know, that super talent that no one else, but you sees. They're probably just not that good. And I know that sucks to hear that. And you're obviously you're more than welcome to pay the fees. But let me just run some headlines. And, and thanks to John and Cal for grabbing these. Um, these are headlines from from Travel Ball. Pennsylvania coach of 14, 15 year olds pockets 22,000 uh, of team dues by himself. Atlanta travel team charges 4,000 per year. Falsely claimed the parents would be able to write it off the 4K on their taxes to indict parents to enroll their kids in 2020. Rise of Travel Ball, which can cost as much as 8K per year in some places, has caused the participation in Little League Baseball to decline by about 20%. South Dakota parents lose up to $6,300 paying for a travel baseball team that didn't exist. Coast disappeared after taking the money. Nebraska travel baseball administrator steals $22,000 from organization. Atlanta travel coach sentenced to prison for forcing parents to pay him bribes in exchange for playing time. Uh, and and I, I we talked about this. I, not, I don't think we've talked about this in depth, but the things going on uh, in Latin America are 
have been criminal in the past. And baseball has tried very hard to uh, to amend that to some degree, even though baseball is not exactly walking in to decorrupt the process. Um, but the headline of this article in The Athletic, a failed system, uh, a corrupt process exploits Dominican baseball prospects. Is an international draft day really the answer? Um, and they instituted lay, uh, play uh, layers of this. Um to protect these young kids because you're talking about kids that are 12, 13, 14 years old. Um, teams started reaching deals with players at younger ages, telling them, if you don't agree with us now, the money might be gone by the time you're eligible to sign. It became the norm for top, top prospects to commit to terms by the time they were 14, two years prior than when they were legally. And again, this is all major league teams. So no, major league teams aren't coming in looking out for your kid's best interest. And don't ever believe that for a second. Teams are coming in looking out for their best interest, Period. If your kid happens to add to that, great. If not, they don't care. Uh, the managers in many of these managers, and I use the term loosely because they're not certified by Major League Baseball. Um, they grab these kids at 10, 11, 12. Uh, they usually take 50% of the kid's signing bonus. And players uh, sign at the, around the age of 12. And then here's the, here's the thing. They disappear from the market to ensure they are not drafted in the international draft. And, and it gets to, to this point, which is scary. Uh, I, I think, Bill, you'd agree. Uh, Rafael Devers and Wander Franco might be two of the youngest, most talented Latin American players in the last decade. Uh, the owner of the academy that those two went through. Uh, uh, yeah, he, he died. Or, oh, no, I'm sorry. He was. Yeah, he died amid an FBI investigation into the abuses by his academy of the exploitation of players. Those are the extremes, and that's in a foreign country. And over here, we still have criminals, but but it's different. But the fact of the matter is this. Travel ball might be – now, obviously, there are always exceptions to every rule. But travel ball might be the biggest scam in the history of, of baseball, amateur baseball. Um, these coaches are promising things almost none of them can actually provide. And they're promising things that, that you don't need them for to provide. If your kid is good enough, you will play. he will play on a team that he doesn't have to pay for. You think Bryce Harper uh, paid to play on any teams for the most? But Bryce Harper was, was being asked to play above his pay grade when he was 15, 16 years old, just like kids in junior hockey get waivers. You're looking at this kid, Connor Bedard. You think Connor Bedard ever paid to play on a team? No, he didn't. Because the teams that mattered the teams that the teams that major league baseball follow and, and again if your kid's good enough he will be found there are there are very few sid finches out there in fact there are none that i know of um you're going to find a lot of kids that will go undrafted and to that end i want to i want to throw this this is this is what i i really would like to uh to impart to the to the young players that are possibly listening to this i want you to listen to this roster of players and, and many of these are you're going to be dated and probably not know um mike redmond college player uh this is the all undrafted team by the way mike redmond was a two-time uh all pac-10 player at gonzaga didn't get drafted by big league teams and then had a lengthy career uh help and also was a world series uh champion uh with the marlins uh kevin millar uh went unsigned and undrafted played uh uh, independent ball got drafted. Frank White, who played, my God, forever for the Kansas City Royals, is in the Royals Hall of Fame, uh, had a, an incredibly lengthy career, 18 years. Won a World won Series. A, yeah, won a World Series. Uh, tremendous defensive player. Larry Boa, uh, a guy I know intimately, um, 
he didn't even make his high school team. Um, and then he went to a community college, got his chance, and basically forced his way to the big leagues um, just by sheer force of will. Uh, one of the most determined uh, two-time Gold Glover winner and the biggest red ass I ever played with, by the way. Uh, Bobby Bonilla, uh, who is still being paid by the New York Mets, by the way, um, did not get drafted in 1981. Uh, Kevin Mitchell, who was at his in his peak, was a was about as good a play. Didn't play high school baseball uh, very much in high school, or didn't yeah didn't play much high school baseball. Played football and boxed. Um, showed up for a local Mets winter league tryout, uh, and despite getting hit in the head multiple times by throws from the outfield, uh, they saw him step in the batter's box. He ended up going to. Uh, to the big leagues and he won uh an mvp by the way with the giants and a world series with the 86 mets dan gladden who was a, a had a lengthy career with the giants uh and then here's here's my favorite uh larry walker and that's not a name screw up that's larry walker who's in the hall of fame uh was actually drafted in by the nhl uh, the canadians drafted him he was a phenomenal hockey player which i can totally see given the fact he was a monster um but after his career didn't pan out, he went to uh, uh, a a play a, a summer league team, got got noticed, signed, and then ended up in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Danny Darwin, uh, another one, Bruce Suter, Hall of Famer, uh, Kenta Colby, um, which kind of makes sense when you give him the fact that in the old days the the, the guys that threw awkward were never uh, for you for you people that are old as old as me or older. Uh, Don Money, third baseman for the Brewers, who had a long, successful career. Eric Gagne, Dan Quisenberry, Tommy Hurd, Toby Hara, Danny Darwin, uh, Mike Bordick, Al Thornton, uh, all those guys never got drafted, never played on the travel team either. Uh, and they found their way to the big leagues. Your kid, if he's good enough, will find his way to the big leagues. And there are there are millions of stories of kids that were good enough who never found their way to the big leagues for for um for the for the one, I don't know if you're uh, uh, following the the story in the NBA, Bill, about Morant. Yeah. Um, I don't care how much talent you have. If you're not raised right, if you're not raised to understand the difference between right and wrong, uh, if you're not raised to understand integrity, commitment, you can't honor, follow ethics, the rules that are uh, set. If you by... can't just follow basic rules. Yeah. You can cheat yourself out of 150 million dollars. And if you're a baseball player, I I can I, hand to God, I can tell you. Uh, and you know what? That'll be a list I'll do. I'll do the top five most talented players I played with that never made the big leagues. The top five most talented players I played with in the big leagues who never became what they I thought they would become. Uh, those lists are lengthy. Um, there are a million different things, but ultimately it falls on the athlete. There, as a parent, there's there's certainly things from an exposure perspective, you know, to get them to do. The problem is you're competing with things I never had to compete with. I never had to compete with social media. I never had to compete. Thank God. I never had to compete with uh, um, computers, gaming, uh, a society that has completely twisted itself on, on onto its head. Uh, all the things that go with that. Um, Kurt, and you another didn't... quick. Go, go ahead. ahead. Well, no, go the, ahead. The, the one thing that strikes me too is uh, the winning mentality and teaching the players how much you have to work yourself to me, gets lost in travel baseball. Well, it's it, talent-based. Right, and, and here's the thing. You're asking people who don't know how much work it takes right. to get there. Who don't, for, and again, there's always exceptions, who don't know how much time and effort it, it takes to, to, get to, the, to, to get drafted, much less get to the big leagues. They have no concept. 
but they do have your $8,000. And that's good enough. They'll tell you again. So, and, and to any of you parents that have gotten the pitch, which is, Hey, listen, you know, I, I promise you, if your kid plays on this summer team, he'll get more exposure this summer than he would anywhere playing any for anybody else. And his chances of getting a division one scholarship will increase dramatically. Now, are you going to give $8,000 to that parent or this parent? Yeah, your kid, he sucks. I'll take your, I'll take your money, but your kid sucks. He's not going to play. Uh, I'll let him practice with us, and you'll notice a difference by the end of the summer. But at the beginning of the summer, he's a kid that has no chance of playing D1 baseball. Um, at the end of the summer, he'll be a kid who has just a little less of no chance of playing D1 baseball. You're going to give that guy your 8000 No, that you're going to get the first sales pitch. Use car salesman. Uh, and they're everywhere and the scams are everywhere. Um, your kid needs to be throwing a ball against a brick wall or going to the batting cage on their own. If they're not, they don't have the, the want and the desire. Now there, I think at a young age, you have to show it to them. You have to make them understand what the work looks like, what the commitment looks like from a you know, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old, you know, if that's what you really want, this is what you're going to have to do and let them make their minds up. It's very hard for kids at that age uh, to get that mentality or understand that mentality. Um, and lastly, let me just say this. Do not try and make your kids the star you never were. And by that, I mean, uh, you're frustrated because you got cut as a senior from your varsity high school baseball team. Don't don't live your kid's life to make that make up for that. Because again, if you have the ability to uh, to guide your child and instead of guardrails, you put concrete pillars on both sides. You, you've got somebody waiting to quit. Think about the, 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 the guys that did that. Think about the Todd Marinovich. If you have, don't know who that is, go back and read that story. Um, kid was raised to be a quarterback in the NFL. Might have been one of the highest rated prospects ever. Uh, complete airhead and made all the decisions you could possibly want to make that wouldn't help. Uh, I played with a guy whose dad did the same thing. Uh, Greg Jeffries, whose father raised him. There's great. There's a story about him kind of like Bryce Harper. Like um, Greg was on another level. Uh, and I don't, I think, I think he was a much better big league player than a lot of people realize. One of the purest hitters I ever saw. One of the best sexiest batting practices I ever got to watch. Um, but he couldn't handle the, the, the failure of baseball, Greg Jeffries, every out was the end of the world to Greg Jeffries. And I think that that's what burned him out before anything else, because the kid was hall of fame, talented, got completely abused and mistreated by the Mets when he came up as a young player, which I think ruined a lot of it for him. Um, but he was born and raised to play baseball, uh, had a successful career with, again, was very good player, phenomenal hitter. Um, and probably didn't end up where he thought he would, or I think where a lot of people thought he would for a lot of reasons um, that had to do with, with how the process happened for him. So that's my, that's my, my advice, a little long winded, but the fact of the matter is uh, if you have to pay for your kid to play on a team, there's a pretty good chance. They're not going to get drafted. There's a pretty good chance. They're not a division one because those teams will seek you out. I played on uh, uh, growing up in Arizona. We had baseball 12 months a year, the travel teams we had, you had to make, and if you weren't good enough, you didn't make it. And if you didn't make it, you spent the summer playing baseball elsewhere, doing things to get better to make it the next summer. Um, participation medals don't actually exist. I know you'd like to think they do, but they don't. Nobody, nobody drafts a kid to give them a participation medal. It's a multi-billion dollar a year business. If your kid's good enough, the teams will find it. So 
Anyway, uh, sorry about that. I put that at the end of the show. So you guys that that, that just want to hear about today's baseball could can walk away. And, you know, as we go in the future, when we do topics like this, because I love talking about the game. I love teaching. I love um, talking about my experiences and possibly helping people have their own experiences improved. Uh, we'll put that towards the bottom of the show so you don't have to hang around and listen to me pontificate. Really uh, good call. We'll be adding, Bill, we will be adding – uh, a top five list, Kurt's top five list, and it will run the gamut. If you have a top five list you'd like to see, let Bill know on Twitter or let me know on Twitter. And Cal and John and Bill and I will put together a list. And I promise you, you're, every one of them is going to be, uh, there'll be some eye openers and there'll be some laughs. In Starting all with top five funniest on Friday. My top five ton funniest teammates will be on Friday's show. And yes, Doug Mirabelli will be on that list. Absolutely, without a doubt. So stay tuned. Uh, guys, we'll see you on Friday, uh, outkick.com. You can find the show Spotify. You can find the show, uh, tell your friends about it. Uh, join in, jump in and, and contribute, uh, via Twitter. Uh, I'm Garrick 38, uh, on Twitter, uh, Bill, you are at BG ESPN at BG ESPN. I am, uh, at Garrick 38. Uh, John and Cal will throw their Twitters up on mine and Bill's. You can reach us. Let us know if you want content or if you want us to look into something. Uh, I always like delving in. Uh, there's another argument to be had, by the way. I was having this, Bill, and quick note. Uh, the, the best pitcher in the history of baseball. The most dominant pitcher in the history of baseball. And by the way, it's Greg, Ma it's, uh, it's, it's Greg Maddox by a, a long margin. Uh, and I came up with that. Best career ever was Greg Maddox. Uh, I had my own statistic. It was called the power pitching index. Best best run ever was Pedro Martinez. Uh, blew away Koufax, blew away Gibson. We'll get into that someday soon too as well. So have a great week. Talk to you guys on Friday.